the, the gospel's good news because it really is an invitation to be part of an amazing family. That Jesus came in his life, death and resurrection to pay for us to have our sins forgiven and be reconciled to God and get born again and have a new beginning and a new start and a fresh beginning. But he also came to reveal the nature of the Father that we would see in Christ the exact representation of the Father. That in looking at Jesus, we see what the Father is like and we see what the Father values. And so, to be a Christian is to be brought into the most wonderful, the most beautiful, the most awesome connection with the most amazing Father there could possibly be. And it's interesting at this time of year, 1st of January, New Year, New Start, we kind of ask ourselves the question, what are my goals for the year? What am I going for for the year? Um, what are my dreams? What are my aspirations? Where do I want to see my life, my family, my work go? But actually, in a family, it's, it's really good to start the year by saying, Father, what's on your heart? <laughs> you know, we can have New Year's resolutions where people do that, goals, targets, plans for the year. But actually, a really good place to start is, Father, what's on your heart? What are you dreaming about in 2016? What does our relationship look like in 2016? What are you going to be guiding me into in 2016? Are there some fresh paths that I've never walked along that are on your heart that I wouldn't even be able to imagine or ask for right now? So we're going to look at some verses from a psalm to explore really what's on God's heart for this year and how can we respond to what's on God's heart? So if you've got a Bible and want to turn to Psalm 32 and verse 8 to 9, I'm going to be reading it from a, a version of this psalm from the Passion Translation, but I've also got the NIV here, so I'll be kind of looking at the two. Because I love how the Passion Translation starts with verse 8, David saying, I hear the Lord saying, it says in my version, I hear the Lord saying, what a wonderful way of starting the year, I hear him saying. I'm not even bringing my requests to him, I'm hearing him saying. I love what Bill Johnson says to people who are saying, I'm struggling to hear the voice of God, I'm struggling to hear God's voice. And he says, why don't you begin to talk about what God's talking about? <laughs> Start to talk to God back to what he's talking about, what's on his heart, what his priorities and you'll find suddenly there's a flood of hearing his voice. So I hear the Lord saying, what a wonderful way to start any day, any year. And this is what he's saying, I will stay close to you, instructing and guiding you along the path for your life. I will advise you along the way and lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. Don't make it difficult. Don't be stubborn when I take you where you've never been before or where you've not been before. Don't make me have to tug and pull you along. Just come with me. Mm. Or the NIV says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving <coughs> eye on you. Do not be like a horse or the mule, which have no understanding but must be controlled by the bitten bridle, or they will not come to you. So that's the NIV. And that was the Passion Translation just before. So what has gone God's heart for 2016? And the first thing is really what's been on God's heart forever in his relationship with humanity is, I will stay close to you. I will stay close to you. 
It's a wonderful, wonderful assurance to know that the heart of God is, I want connection. Yeah. I want intimacy. I choose you. I will stay close to you. Mm, thank you See, we can get ourselves in a whole host of frenzy. We could become like uh, hamsters on a wheel going round and round in circles. We can get ourselves on a treadmill of activity and religious duty to try and uh, uh, impress God. And none of that means anything unless God says, I will be close to you. Amen. Amen. It all begins with the heart of God. Any connection, any contact, any encounter we have with God is because God in his heart is saying, I will be close to you. That's the wonderful thing. You might say, I don't feel close to God. Well, God's heart is, I want to be close to you. And that's the most important thing. It doesn't start really with, what do I feel and what's my experience? It starts with, what does the Bible say? And the Bible says, God said, I want to be close to you. And so we can start the year knowing absolutely categorical on the heart of God is deeper relationship, more encounters with his love, more tasting of his goodness. That's absolutely definite because he said, look, I hear the Lord saying, I will stay close to you. His commitment, his priority is relationship. That's such a wonderful place to... To go, it's not like we're in this beginning of this year saying, I'm going to work really hard to be close to you, God. No, it starts with, no, God has already worked really hard to make a way for us to be close to him. He's already done everything required and necessary for us to have a relationship. That's why Paul, in Acts chapter 7, in Athens, could say to uh, men and women who were worshipping a whole host of gods, he could say to them about the, the, the idol that they had to the unknown God, this is, this is God the Father, this is Jesus, this is Holy Spirit. And you can seek him, and you can find him, and you can know him. It's a wonderful thing. Maybe you don't know God this morning. God says, I want to be really close to you. And you can seek me, you can find me, you can know me. Absolute promise of God. You can seek him, you can find him, and you can know him. We don't have to be in a position where we're saying, I'm desperate for you, God. Actually, that's in a relationship in a home and and the kids have to say, I'm desperate to connect to you, mum, or I'm desperate to connect to you, dad. That actually is speaking about something that's quite abusive. If kids only can get connection with mum or dad or dad through saying, I'm desperate, that means there's a distance, there's a disconnection. But actually, God is saying, I want to be close to you. I want to know you. This is my heart. He's not abusive, he's not distant. You don't have to get really desperate for God to notice you. You don't have to get on the treadmill of activity for God to notice you. You don't have to clean your life up for God to want to be close to you. He knows you. He knows you thoroughly, completely, absolutely. Psalm 139 says he knows every hair on your head. He knows every day that you're alive. You have no skeletons in the closet that if God found out, he wouldn't want to be close. He lives in the closet, alright? He lives amongst the things that you think, if anybody knew this, they would think I'm an awful person. God lives in that closet and knows you and says, I want to be close to you. <laughs> what a relationship. What an amazing God. What an amazing gospel. You are seen, you are heard, you are valued. That's That's how God sees you right now. You are seen, you are heard, Mm -hmm. and you are absolutely valued. 
being in such a place of security that I'm not coming to God to try and beg him to see me, hear me, value me. He's close and he sees it all. And then he says, I will stay close to you, instructing you along the path for your life. It's a wonderful commitment from God. And we can be starting this new year and in the calendar it's a blank page, but often we take into the new year complexity, being perplexed, not knowing answers to difficult questions, not always knowing what to do, making resolutions to try and find a solution but we can't quite figure it out. And then there's a promise from God, I'll stay close to you and I'm actually going to instruct you and guide you along the path of your life. So you don't have to know. You don't have to get it all. You don't have to predict it all and control it all. There is one who is sovereign ruling the universe, who sustains everything right now by his word. Every breath, every molecule, every particle, every aspect of our lives are held together by this good God. And he wants to be close and he loves you and he knows what to do. He's a good shepherd. In fact, Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd, and an eastern shepherd, a shepherd that the Bible talks about, doesn't follow the sheep from behind with a stick pushing them forward, but goes out in front and anticipates and is there in front of the sheep, leading the sheep. You lead me beside quiet waters. You restore my soul. Even when I might be walking through valleys of difficulty and darkness, actually you comfort me with your rod and your staff because you're a God who directs me and leads me and shows me the way. And when I'm in situations that are awful and difficult, you prepare a table before my circumstances that are enemies or people that are even oppressing me and persecuting and you anoint my head with oil. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. That's the kind of good shepherd we have leading us. And so we don't have to understand everything that 2016 has. We don't have to understand everything that went on in the year before. We just need to know there is one who is close, who understands and who knows and is committed to leading us. And we don't have to strain to hear his voice. Jesus says in John 10, my sheep know my voice. And so it's not that we have to kind of think, okay, if I'm going to be led and instructed and guided by this good shepherd, then I need to be really working hard at being attentive, and I need to be working really hard at hearing. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. If we're deaf in any area of our life, he's able to speak in such a way that we will hear him instructing, we will hear him guiding along the path for life. He will advise us along the way, and we will hear. So we don't have to strain, we don't have to get superstitious and think, did I miss his voice? Did I miss his instruction? Did I miss him say something important? Well, he is not a God who tries to speak, he is a God who speaks and is heard. That's who he is, he's the good shepherd, and his sheep know his voice. Have no fear of missing his instruction. Have no fear of missing his voice. He's a good shepherd. You will hear him speak. And then I love this phrase, 
it says, and lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. I love that, that image that we're so close to him and he wants to be so close to us that he only has to give us the look of one eye, a loving eye. And he's going to guide us along paths. He's going to instruct us with just his eye. The wink of a mum or dad across the room when you're at your kid's show and they're nervous. Just one look, just one wink of the eye. Or one look at the eye and says, be careful. (laughs) It's a loving eye, but it's an eye that says a lot. It's a wonderful picture of God who isn't a controller of people. The eye is just a relational thing. It looks, you see the heart of the person looking at you. It's communicating tons of affection and kindness. But it's not a controlling thing. The eye can't control a person. Can't actually make a person do anything. It's a look. I'm looking in your eye, Father, in 2016. And I'm looking to see what's important to you. What are you thinking about? What are you dreaming of? What are the paths that you want us to go along? What's the path you want me to go on? What are the guidance? What's the instruction that you want to give? And it's all in an eye. All in an affectionate look from God. It's not an intimidating, punishing eye that gets you to do things through fret or fear. It's the eye of love. It says, it's my loving eye on you. I want to be close to you. I want to lead you. And I'm going to lead you through my loving eye. Just one look from his eye. Just one look. And he says in the version I've got here, I take you where you've not been before. So don't make it difficult. Don't be stubborn when I take you where you've not been before. In the NIV it says, do not be like a horse or a mule which have no understanding, but be controlled by bit and bridle. I like the idea with God. There are things that he wants us to do that we've never done before. There are places he wants us to go where we've not gone before. There's revelation of his nature that we've never had before. Not that it'll ever contradict what we know already. But if his very nature is love and is infinite, there's an infinite amount of love that we can explore. He's going to take us along paths we've not been before. Revelation that he really does love us. You've never been on that path before of knowing how much joy you bring to God. His eye will lead you along that path with just one look. New possibilities, new freedom, new adventures. So this is priority that we've been singing about, where 
we just want to prioritise a relationship of closeness where we're face to face with God and we're maybe not saying much but we're just catching his heart and we're looking him in the eye we're reading the Bible expecting that his eye as it were is going to bring scriptures and truth and revelation alive that his eye is going to be upon us and he's going to say you, you can pray for the sick well, I didn't, he's going to drop in your heart his eye is going to lead you along paths you've never gone down before <coughs> that his eye is going to lead you to hear you, you are a royal bucket who's absolutely full you're overflowing <coughs> and you might be thinking but I've never heard of myself like that before I've never thought of myself like that before now his eye is leading you his eye is leading you. The, the loving eye is leading you with a revelation of a path you've never been on before. We want to respond to his subtle instructions. And David here says, don't be stubborn. God says, don't be stubborn when I take you where you've not been before. Don't be difficult. It's an interesting, almost, how love works here in almost two very different ways. That intimacy and relationship and connection leads us with just an eye. Or we can kind of choose to be difficult and stubborn and say, I won't, I won't, I won't. And the, the psalmist there is saying, when we're difficult and stubborn, it's like God is wanting to lead us in love into freedom, but we're like an animal that's pulling back and pulling back and pulling back. I guess difficult and stubborn could be, I just don't feel comfortable thinking of myself in that way. So God can bring a loving revelation of his kindness and goodness and tenderness and I want to be close to you. And being difficult and stubborn could look like this, but I don't feel worthy. I don't feel worthy to be, to be close. I don't feel worthy to have this kind of relationship with you, God. I want to be... And God says, don't be difficult. Don't be stubborn. Let me love you. <laughs> Let me love you with my eye. Believe what I say about you. We heard it prayed in the worship. It is finished. Being difficult and stubborn can be... I don't want to believe in the finished work of Jesus Christ... And I want to earn a righteousness of my own. And then we find ourselves trying to keep the law all over again and the rules. And finding out we can never keep our own standards, let alone the standards of perfection. But being led by the eye is to say, I believe when Jesus says it's finished, it really is finished. 
and everything that was necessary for me to have connection with Holy Father had been provided in the life, death and resurrection of Jesus. Oh, I don't want to be difficult, God. I don't want to be stubborn. I want to believe what you've done. Being difficult and stubborn might be, it's just not my personality to even believe that when I walk in the room because of Christ in me, that I can make such an impact. And we can be difficult and stubborn about it. But being led by the eye is to say, I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. I am righteous and pure and blameless and spotless. I have a brand new nature. I'm a brand new person. I've got a brand new identity. Where I go, the kingdom goes. And so God, I don't want to be difficult. I don't want to be stubborn. I want to believe you. I want to be led by your eye. It can be you hear God say, it's time to forgive. And you can just see in his eye. Come on, son. Come on, daughter. Forgive. We can be led by his eye and say, I know that forgiving isn't excusing. I know that forgiving isn't necessarily forgetting. I let go of the right to get my own justice, my own punishment. I lay down the right to listen to that tape playing every night of what they did, what they said, and what I'll do, what I said, what I'll do if I get the opportunity. Being led by his eyes to say, God, I choose to forgive. Someone once said that unforgiveness is like poison. Drinking it yourself and expecting it to hurt the other person. Being led by his eyes to say, <coughs> I'm letting that go. Amen. Amen. I won't be difficult. I won't be stubborn over it. Being led by his eye is, I was reading these books over, the, over Christmas by a researcher called Brenny Brown and uses this phrase called numbing and how we all use to some degree or other different things to numb pain and shame and disappointment and hurt. It can be from overworking, incessantly checking your email, never stopping, running around, always busy. Things we use to numb, the extra glass of wine to numb, that other thing we use just to numb pain. And then we catch his eye and he says, don't numb that. And she makes this really powerful observation that when you numb shame and disappointment and regret and pain, you also numb joy and gratitude and hope and peace. Because you can't numb a negative without it also numbing the positive. And so you can catch his eye and he says, don't numb, learn rest, learn gratitude, Learn thanksgiving. Learn to be loved. Stop running around like a headless chicken because you're fearing if I ever stop, I'll be faced with the fact that I don't feel worthy to be loved. And you can catch his eye. His loving eye saying, stop. Be loved. Let me guide you. 
Or you can be difficult and stubborn and say, I'm just going to carry on frantically doing what I've always done. I won't let go of that. And so if we were to summarise then, from our heart, we've got this amazing invitation from God saying, I will stay close to you. I'll give you instructions. I'll guide you along the path for your life. I'll advise you along the way. I'll lead you forth with my eye as your guide. This is the invitation from God. We've said it before, we've done it with Kylo, keep your love on. Jesus says, I choose you. From his part of the deal, he chooses us to love us. You didn't love, choose me, I chose you. I loved you first. From the heart of God, it's already sorted. I choose you. I want to be close to you. From our perspective, the choice that we get to make is, do I want to choose you back, God? Do I want to be choosing you? Do I want to be close enough that just one glimpse of your eye is going to instruct me and guide me? Do I want to... Be close enough so that we're going to go along paths that we've never walked along before. In new ways, in new adventures, in new possibilities. Will we walk together, God, so that your grace and your comfort might help me to walk in things I've never even dreamt of walking in? Because he promises that too. And then he says right at the end in my version, just... Come with me. I guess it looks like something, doesn't it? To prioritise intimacy and connection. It is all on offer, but it does look like something. It does get expressed in our priority. Find out what it looks like for you to go deeper. What does it look like for you to hear his voice in the Bible? What does it look like for you to prioritise connection and intimacy with God? What, What would it take for you this year to be so close that actually would only take a look from his eye? So his invitation is, it's all, all there for you. It's all there. He's not withholding. You're known, you're loved, you're valued. Just come with me, he says. Mm. What would it look like? Maybe it would look like going onto the Navigator's website and downloading a reading plan that's just five minutes a day where you can read the whole New Testament in a year. Maybe that would be what it would look like for you to come to the verses every day and say, speak to me again today. Lead me by your eye today. I want to hear your voice today. Maybe it would start by waking up in the morning and declaring things so that you're saying, I'm not going to go by what do I feel today, but what do I believe today. Maybe it would start by 
once a week, setting aside 20 minutes where you play some music and you soak and just say, Father, I'm just going to be with you. In, I'm just going to meditate on scripture or I'm just going to be silent with you. But I'm going to believe in these precious times you're going to lead me with your eye. There's a whole host. Maybe it's for you it's about getting out of the city and for walking in the country. Maybe for you it happens even when you're just listening to the radio or you just are suddenly aware that that lyric has jumped out or listening to worship or I hear God's voice in watching a movie and just think, wow, there's something about this, this film that's speaking to me. I want to understand what is it you're saying. Sometimes it can be you watch a film and it disturbs you slightly and you're emotionally thinking, what's that touching? I want to work that through. Find out what it means for you to prioritise connection, embracing him, being led by his eye. And when he speaks, and when his eye leads, and maybe it touches an area where you think, well, that's what I use for numbing, God. Don't touch that. Go with him on a journey where the goal is, I'm going to yield, I'm going to surrender. I'm going to completely come to a point on this finger I'm drawing from you. Don't pull back. Don't be difficult. Don't be stubborn. I had this picture sometimes with, with, when kids are small and they don't want to put their shoes on. And they, you've got to go out. You've got to move forward. <laughs> It can go one or two ways. It can be led by the eye or it can be difficult and stubborn. <laughs> but one way or another, we're all going out with our shoes on. <laughs> it's not punishment, is it? When the shoes get put on. It's not punishment when actually the, our kicking against things, our irritation, our frustration, our unwillingness to yield leaves us feeling hopeless and irritated and angry. And it's just love tugging us and pulling us. It's not punishment when our unwillingness to forgive leaves us feeling restricted and tormented. It's love tugging on us, leading us and pulling us out for freedom. Let's wait on God and maybe ask Holy Spirit, what would it look like for this year, for me to embrace your invitation to prioritise what's on your heart, Father, which is you want to be close, you want to be connected, you want to lead me with your eye. What would that look like, God? How would that look in my life, in my week? Ask Holy Spirit to give you insights, creativity, fresh thoughts, 